This is where creative believers are encouraged to be great artists. My name is Matt Anderson. I am your mediocre host. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We would invite you to please subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review on your platform of choice because it helps us to be seen by the masses or at least uh, 12 guys named Ed. For millennia, uh, human beings have created works of art in various forms, uh, some of which remain with us today, and some are more well-known than others, uh, especially paintings. I mean, if, if, uh, if you go to museums, you will often see artifacts, uh, things that were made from even ancient civilizations. We will never know the artist's name who put those things together, but, uh, but there they are. Uh, but then there are those, uh, especially the paintings, get the most airtime. They garner the greatest amount of worth. Uh, they're the ones that get auctioned off for eight and sometimes nine figures. Uh, some of these may never again see the light of day. They may remain in the hands of uh, private owners and collectors, which again, that's fine if you know if it's yours, I get it. Others have been donated to museums all around the world. And for as long as fine art has been displayed in such fashion, there have been those who, in an effort to make maybe some sort of political statement or sometimes to express a, a personal beef that someone has with a, a certain artist, maybe, or sometimes as an act of mental illness. They take it upon themselves to harm or even destroy the work. So the, it's not really a, a new phenomenon, but uh, it seems that 2022 has had more than its usual share of uh, vandals who are I guess, trying to make a point. Uh, the most known of these is the group Just Stop Oil. Uh, they are an activist group in the United Kingdom that uh, opposes the granting of new leases for fossil fuel production uh, in the UK. And to protest this, they will sometimes show up at important events, and they will interrupt the proceedings. They, uh, they did this, I think, back in March at what are called the BAFTA Awards. That's the British uh, Arts and Film uh, Television Academy, I think is what it's called. It's like our Academy Awards here, and they interrupted the uh, award ceremony. Uh, they've been known to go onto the pitch at soccer matches and interrupt play. Uh, sometimes they will sit in traffic um, at important events or locations in an effort to, I guess, convince others of their cause. But uh, this year, they seem to have targeted a number of museums and paintings uh, in order to garner attention 
worldwide. Let me run down some of these for you. On June 29th, this is all this year, June 29th, uh, Just Stop Oil activists attached themselves to Horatio McCullough's uh, My Hearts in the Highlands painting. Um, it is on display at the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum in Glasgow, Scotland. And uh, their reasoning for choosing this particular painting, I guess, was this. One of the protesters said, quote, This landscape was painted in 1860 at the height of the Highland Clearances, when small-scale farming communities were evicted by a new class of landlords ruthlessly pursuing their own private interests. It was only when farmers organized and resisted that they won rights, end quote. Uh, the next day, June 30th, members of Just Stop Oil attached themselves to Vincent Van Gogh's Peach Trees in Blossom uh, at the Courtauld Institute in London. Um, the next day, this is quite a week, July 1st, activists glued themselves to J.M.W. Turner Thompson's Aeolian Harp at the Manchester Art Gallery in Manchester, England, the group said in a statement, quote, according to flood risk mapping carried out by Climate Central, the areas of London that are depicted in Turner's painting could be regularly underwater as early as 2030, end quote. On July 4th, a few days later, they glued themselves to the Hay Wayne. This is an iconic landscape by the artist John Constable at the National Gallery in London. The next day, uh, July 5th, the target was John Pietrino's The Last Supper, which hangs at the Royal Academy in London. Uh, one of the activists said, quote, When I was teaching, I brought my students to great institutions like the Royal Academy, but now it feels unfair to expect them to respect our culture when their government is hell-bent on destroying their future by licensing new oil and gas projects, end quote. Uh, skip ahead a few months now to Friday, October 14th. Activists from Just Stop Oil went further than before, uh, throwing tomato soup on one of Vincent van Gogh's sunflower paintings at the National Gallery in London. Uh, the protest also involved two activists gluing themselves to the floor beneath the painting. By the way, what is the obsession with glue with these folks? I don't know. Maybe they're sniffing it too much. I'm not sure. Uh, others who share their philosophy in other countries have also done similar things. Uh, this May, at the Louvre in Paris, uh, an elderly woman with long hair in a wheelchair patiently waited in line for her turn to see the Mona Lisa. Uh, but when she approached, she suddenly leapt from the wheelchair, jettisoned the wig to reveal that it was actually a 36-year-old man. Uh, now, the Mona Lisa is covered in bulletproof glass, and the man tried to smash the glass and then uh, smeared a piece of cake, I guess, on the glass. And as he was being dragged away by security, he screamed in French, think of the earth, people are destroying the earth. Uh, a group in Germany, they're called uh, Last Generation. 
they are doing similar things. Uh, for instance, in October, the two of them splattered mashed potatoes across a Claude Monet painting of haystacks on display in a museum in Potsdam. They also glued their hands to the wall, again with the glue. And then in The Hague, this is in the Netherlands, another pair of Just Stop Oil protesters sort of mixed it up a, a little bit. And I must say, this may win the award for most creative. One activist appeared to glue his own head. Uh, let, let me repeat that. Appeared to glue his own head to Vermeer's masterpiece, Girl with a Pearl Earring. And the other poured tomato soup over him. Um, okay, you get the marred picture. Uh, thankfully, no permanent damage has been done to this point. Um, and I can only hope they have purposely chosen works that are covered in glass to prevent that from happening. I mean, who knows? Um, but the recurring theme from the activist seems to be why are you so worked up about a damaged painting and don't care about the destruction of the earth? So that's, that's kind of what they're referring to. And look, I will even, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. I don't, um, you know, I, I don't think they're faking it. I believe these folks are completely sincere in what they're doing. I, I think they, they fear the impending destruction of the planet. And I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. You know, they want to be part of a cause and uh, the combination of impending doom and the unfinished development of their own frontal lobe uh, make such antics understandable to them. Um, the problem is such things have the reverse effect. Um, even those who share their aims are offended by their tactics. Okay, so what's at work here? Well, I've titled this episode, The Art, quote-unquote, of Destruction. Um, I think what's at work here is sort of a microcosm of so much that we see in our society today. Uh, I covered this actually a couple of years ago when we sort of had a rash of statues getting pulled down in our country. Uh, art and destruction are enemies. Um, by definition, art is the making of something. It is the building up of something. Destruction, of course, is the reverse. It is the tearing down. It is the end of something. Now, spiritually, we know God is the creator he made heaven, he made the earth, the sea, and everything in them, Scripture tells us. We also know that Satan cannot create. It is something he cannot do. He can only seek to destroy. Um, he wants to tear down, well, everything. Um, he cannot love. He can only hate. And he's looking to tear down things like you and me. <laughs> individuals, uh, the family, the church, really any institution, basically, especially any institution that honors the Lord in any way or was made by him. Um, and, and please hear me now. I'm not trying to say these 
just stop oil folks are demon possessed or anything. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But when our aim and our goal, maybe in the midst of trying to preserve something, is to destroy, we're actually doing the work of something evil. You know, God is really the only one who can properly decreate. That might be a new word on you. Uh, I've actually heard other people on um, on podcasts refer to what they refer to as uh, acts of decreation by God. Um, for instance, the ten plagues on Egypt in the book of Exodus. This would be... Uh, listed as acts of decreation. Um, the greatest example of this, of course, would be the great flood when Noah and his, his family were safe on the ark. Uh, but there are obviously much smaller ones than that. There are um, many times in the Bible when God, through the prophets, often will urge kings and just the people in general to tear down idols, false gods that have been built, uh, we, we know that, in fact, the Ten Commandments mentions not to even make such things in the first place. Don't, don't make graven images. Um, and, and often those are the target of decreation uh, by the Lord. And by the way, it is man who must tear them down. The Lord will identify what those are, and then man must tear down what he has um, built up in in. Uh, in really evil fashion. He knows how to individually identify things in our life. See, this is sometimes what the Lord has to do in all of us. He will uh, do acts of decreation, and he will, he will say, hey, you know that thing that you built up in your life? Um, maybe it's a hobby. It could be an unhealthy, very dysfunctional relationship. And the Lord says, you got to tear that down. That's got to go. Because it's it's doing nothing but bringing pain and shame um, to our life. You know, any addiction in our life, obviously, he's going to point to that and say, that's got to go. The problem is we, we can't see our life without it. That's why it is an idol, and that's why it has to go. But only God does this well. He's the only one who can point to certain things and say, that must be torn down. Because it is not beauty. It is not uh, what glorifies anything but self. Uh, we can't do that. We're not good at that at all. We'll, we will always pick the wrong things, by the way. Um, as a side note, you know, one thing that really kind of gets at me here is that these activists and protesters, you know, they're, they're trying to make, I guess, some kind of point by going to museums to do these things. Um, so often we, we'll hear those who are protesting talking about, you know, the elites and the powerful and the wealthy and class differences. And, and I guess to them, somehow destroying a work of art falls under that category. It, it's supposed to represent sort of letting the man have it, I guess. I don't know. But think about it for a second. Museums represent the democratization of art. They give everyone, all sectors of society, access to things we would otherwise never own or ever see. You know, I'm fortunate. I live um, near the uh, Cleveland, Ohio metro area, 
And there is one of the great art museums in the world. Uh, the Cleveland Museum of Art has an enormous uh, permanent collection. It would take you days uh, to get through all of it. Uh, and if you take your time at the museum, it'll take much longer than that. The beauty of it is it's all free. All you have to do is get there. Um, nobody stops you at the door and charges you admission. Uh, nobody cares what your credit rating is. Nobody cares what your race is. Nobody cares what your background is, what your level of education is. It is access to everyone to see beauty. And to target places like this really is the antithesis, I think, of their stated goals. And by the way, now think of what museums have to do in response. Now all over the world, museums are having discussions about how to increase security, which means more cost. Uh, they have to find different prevention methods for their works of art. How many more things are they going to have to cover with protective glass? Uh, they have to find new techniques to protect these things. They might have to get more uh, security agents at their entrances, patting people down. Isn't that lovely? Um, some of these places are, are struggling to stay open. They rely on, on the, the funds of, of donors and, uh, and benefactors in order to stay open. And these acts of destruction are only increasing the financial burden upon these places. Uh, but again, it's one of those things that isn't thought through. The point is, destruction is easy. Creation is hard. Destruction takes no skill and almost no time. Any small child can do it with no problem. And that's the feeling I'm left with when I see these acts of vandalism on paintings. You know what might help their cause? Make something. Create your own thing. Create your own painting. Create a, a film or, or a song that conveys your passion and your concerns. Make something. You know, art may actually be the vehicle to get your message across. You know, a lot of people look back at, at uh, the Vietnam War and maybe it wasn't the, uh, the protests so much, the student protests during the Vietnam War that had the effect as much as the music, the protest music of the Vietnam War that did. But see, that takes time. That takes effort. And sadly, most in this vein will opt for the quick and easy destructive path. We can only hope they come to their senses and they actually find more creative and persuasive ways of alerting the public. But here's the takeaway for us. If we're not building up in our lives, we are probably tearing down. You don't have to be an artist for this to apply to you. Just think about your life. Do an inventory of your own thoughts, your own actions. What kinds of things are you saying? Are you constantly criticizing others? Are you uh, a self-appointed critic 
who never takes the time to build up another human being? Who are you investing in? Which camp do you fall into right now? Are you building up or are you tearing down? See, anybody can give one to five stars. Anybody can do that. It takes somebody special to make something and then subject it to the one to five star crowd. See, even if you're not an artist, who are you building up right now? Because if you're not, I can guarantee you're tearing something down. Please, don't glue yourself to such things. group at church um, has been going through the book of Ecclesiastes the last couple of months. Uh, now, a quick word to those of you who have really not read through the book, or if you haven't read it in a while, maybe the only thing you know about Ecclesiastes is there is a time and season for everything, and then they read that little passage from at the funeral. Um, <laughs> the book of Ecclesiastes is much more than that. Uh, you need to know, if, if you want to read through the book, it is an interesting, introspective, and often depressing book. Um, and many believe that King Solomon, the son of King David, is the one who wrote it. It, it certainly has his sort of uh, literary flair to it. He has a lot of what sound like proverbs that uh, obviously we have a book devoted to that, that he wrote much of. There's lots of proverbs in Ecclesiastes, but there's also a lot of depression, I would say. And what we're talking about today is the potential destruction of art. And so what I want to do in the time left is I want to just address creatives um, for a moment. Because when I think about King Solomon, what I think of is an artist who kind of stopped making things. We have a number of his writings, and they're quite insightful and inspirational. Uh, we also see that during his, his reign as king, uh, he was given by God many incredible building projects. 
not the least of which are the first temple that would house the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant and such, and also the palace, the king's palace, uh, both of which were stunningly beautiful. And you can read vivid descriptions of those in Kings and Chronicles. Scripture tells us that Solomon's reign was one of great peace and prosperity. Um, he built, under God's leadership, an incredible kingdom. Uh, we know he was also blessed with supernatural wisdom as well, which came through his writing. Solomon literally had it all. And eventually, he reached a place where, I guess apparently, there was nothing left to build. And he got bored. There are few things worse than a bored artist. Because when an artist stops making, he or she starts inventing ways of having fun <laughs> that always lead to self-destruction. I mean, do I even need to give examples? Uh, pick your favorite genre of art, and I could give you five names. The list is longer than a football field of artists who were self-destructive. And I, I think and I think just as non-artists must be careful of destroying other things and other people, I think artists must be equally careful of destroying themselves. And yeah, we know through history that many artists can be rather temperamental and treat the nearest to them rather contemptuously. Um, so it's, it's not as if it doesn't go outward. But ultimately, artists can save the greatest destruction for themselves. Often this is done through substance abuse, other addictions. I mean, we know that Solomon had... 1,000 women connected to him romantically. And then when you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, you will see him use the word meaningless repeatedly, uh, vanity, uh, meaning what's the use of it all? He, he reaches this point where he's had everything and he has no answers. He stops making, he stops building, he stops creating, and he gets overly reflective. See, this is the thing, artists. We have imaginations. It's what makes us artists. And if, if we're not engaged positively in creating with our imagination, it will be used destructively within ourselves. That imagination can be our best friend or our worst enemy. And I want to urge all of my creative friends out there, keep finding avenues of creativity. Regardless of your body of work at this point, whether known or unknown, it does not have to be anything seen by the public. We just have those creative muscles which must constantly be exercised. Because if not, our imagination and our inventiveness will have selfish 
and self-destructive results. So I want to ask you today, are you engaged in creativity right now? Are you on a self-imposed sort of timeout? Maybe you feel like you haven't had a good idea in a while, and so you just kind of stand on the sidelines until it occurs. It may never occur, my friend. You may have to do something first. Are you engaged in creativity right now? If you are, you know that your mind is probably following suit and you are deeply in thought as to how to build up and how to make. This is why you were put on earth and good for you. If it's between projects and that between gets longer and longer, I want to urge you with everything that I have to jump back in because you will fill that space with something and it will probably be self-destructive. Just remember, artists, you have so much to offer. You have so much to give and we want you around as long as possible. So you don't have to have a perfect idea. You don't even have to have an idea. <laughs> Just do what you know to do. And maybe in the process of beginning, the idea will come. Don't worry about where it's going. Whatever you can, fully engage your mind and heart in that activity. And in so doing, take the eyes off yourself. Apply that energy into building up something. And, and again, maybe it's um, building up someone else. Maybe you want to mentor someone who's younger in their craft. Great. Whatever it is, we're not tearing ourselves down. Because our focus is on building and creating. I know it's a burden that we have to bear. It's, it's part of this wonderful thing that we have. But we're either creating or we're creating destruction for ourselves. In Christ, the beautiful thing is you don't have to bear that burden alone. And he is there to be your biggest cheerleader and to get your hands going and to start making again so that he can remind you of your worth and you can avoid doing anything that harms you or anyone else around you. Get back in the game today, I urge you. We appreciate you being a part of the MattCast. Please share this with a friend. We would love to expand our MattCast family. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at mattcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to hear our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.